Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The X Button, Season 3, Episode 4. I am your host, Alejandro. With me is the uh, New World Order Jackboot Exploded. Paul, hey, everybody. <laughs> How is it going? Paul, <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> yeah, I, um... If, if anybody's wondering, we've been currently watching the live-action Last of Us TV show, and the third episode has come out and kind of ruined both of our emotional states, yeah. uh, as with most of the rest of the internet, but obviously if you're catching up on this later on, mm -hmm. this will be uh, news to you potentially, and hopefully if you haven't seen it and you have a very good stomach for difficult things to watch, Last of Us is really good. Yes. <laughs> And you're like basically eating crow, right? Because you were not excited for this show like at all. I wanted it to fail. Mm -hmm. I will go ahead and put it on record because um, I was being a stick in the mud about it. I wanted people to kind of shift their perspective on the way some of the pretentiousness is around that series and mm -hmm. the people that make. Okay, I should say that the people that write it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I have to give it to them that because they either improved greatly on their craft, uh, they've learned a lot of the better lessons of life through that, mm -hmm. or they're listening to people who have a much more positive outlook because they have focused so much more on the things that uh, really irked me previously mm -hmm. and shifted, edited, turned around, basically treated the first game as a rough draft for this um, mm -hmm run through and it is greatly improved over everything and that's some from somebody who has no patience for live action media anymore yeah and uh let's just say that i would say that that third episode was like life-changing just like i had never seen like a love story been portrayed like that it was basically 15 minutes the, the first 10 to 15 minutes of up made an entire episode basically and yeah. uh I have massive, massive new respect for, like, Nick Offerman. Like, me that I love him so much in his, like, Ron Swanson, hyper-libertarian, like, political, uh, The dramatic macho. power <laughs> that Nick Offerman has. Because when you see, like, comedic actors, oftentimes they get typecast into certain things. And even now you see some of them and you're like, all right, I can't take Adam Sandler seriously mm -hmm. in this really dramatic, good written show because I just, I can't see anything but. But Nick Offerman coming in, not a joke to be had. And goodness gracious making me feel things but uh mm. yeah this isn't a live action tv show podcast is but it's it, a video yeah but it's a bit it was a video game a video game we've talked about a lot in this show it is it's like it's that episode has lived rent free in my mind for the, over the last like what three days since it aired that song yeah long long time by uh, by linda ronstadt has been like a if you see the forty nine thousand percent like increase in like streams for that forty nine hundred technically yeah, <laughs> yeah forty nine hundred yes. yeah it was a uh, that's still a lot of like an immediate increase oh yeah. so much <laughs> good but, props to her because apparently she was like not very well known yeah. after a certain point yeah, so seven this was like a big 70s song so yeah but yeah it's like incredible like that incredible incredible episode i, I had heard that episode was good but you know when you hear anyone like mm -hmm. overpraise something you're like all right like, well, it's gonna be overhyped this isn't gonna hit me i'm looking for it to just fall flat yeah and then and, i sat through about halfway and i went oh no i'm getting really invested yeah, in this so... process <laughs> not to me it was like the, the moment the piano from the moment the piano started from that moment on i was like oh i yeah. see it i i get it now that mean is it the uh 
the, the Danny, Danny DeVito. De- 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 is that from uh, It's Always Sunny? I don't know. I don't think it is because uh-huh. it looks like something serious. Because uh-huh. <laughs> all that's all I've ever seen it is in memes of like genuine, oh my gosh, I get it now uh-huh. kind of an energy. Yeah. And uh, that was what I was feeling right at the end. And I'm just sitting there with like tears welling in my eyes mm-hmm. like oh no they got me yeah. oh I, man I sh- like i should have known a future days in last of us part two was like any indication they were gonna do that again and they did it <laughs> so oh man but yeah we need a little bit of escape right now so that my emotions can finally like recover from that i'm gonna go watch a comedy today <laughs> so later after we, later after we record but yeah this is the x button podcast our gaming podcast that posts Every Thursday is from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, and TBD. Available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape-media. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. Mention the TBD because when your move happens, we will eventually shift it. But to be determined, right now, we're we're still staying where... Now we're recording the day where we're supposed to record because last week we recorded too early. And we didn't like properly react to the Xbox thing. I had to like cut in by myself to kind of like just mention the things that were talked about there. There were some shocking twists and turns in that, which I'm sure we can discuss uh, either in what we've been playing or. I think right now with what we've been playing, like yeah, at least for one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. That was like, it's you forget the power of the surprise reveal and release, like. No one has done it since Apex Legends, from what I remember. It's. I kind of did some digging into that, actually, because at first I was thinking, why don't more companies do something like that with the quick, like, big name showcase and then Mm -hmm. immediate drop of it? And it turns out that does happen surprisingly often. Unfortunately, none of them have the chops of being on, like, an Xbox showcase, something big name enough that they can afford to do that. because apparently a lot of games especially on steam or things like that uh, yeah no that that happens all the time there especially with early access and all that but it's rare for like a first party like Mm. like like a first party to like announce something that is out right then and i would say like hi-fi rush from tango gameworks the guys that made evil within one and two and ghostwire tokyo um being able to like leverage now them being a exclusive first party studio for xbox and also the power of game pass and then being like Hey, look at this cool new thing that is completely different from what we've done. Like, absolute madness that is completely different from something like Evil Within that you played last year. I played both of them, and then we briefly played Ghostwire Tokyo. It's like as hard of a left turn as you can expect from like that kind of studio. And probably one of the best games this year? Question mark? It's <laughs> like <laughs> So far, it's in the top 10, but yeah. we'll see oh, yeah. where that goes with everything else coming out. It's going to be one of those cases where uh, they're going to get Horizon Zero Dawned and mm-hmm. Forbidden Wested. But uh, at the same time, these kind of fall into such a specific niche that it, I think at least Hi-Fi Rush has a chance of going the distance and staying popular in a lot mm-hmm. of people's minds because it did the thing of the Metal Hellsinger rhythm style. like But not as punishing. Music. Not as punishing. Mm-hmm. It is so much more on the focus of have fun with it, get silly with it. Um, I could see like the firm lines uh, between something like 
Devil May Cry, kind of giving you a little bit more exploration ability, a little bit more complexity to their maps and stuff, really going indie with it, but focusing that to a, like a laser fine point to say, all right, it's like fully linear, go this little hallway, go up here, but we're going to pack every single inch with personality, with color, with excitement and like the characters the designs on the characters the voice acting the animation the, the blend of 2d and 3d and the transitions in and out of that and like it it keeps doing that constantly like you showed me that one that i had me like get out of my chair for a second because of how it switches between like a fully 2d animated perfect design uh, meshing between that 2d and then switching into a 3d art style for the combat was just like and uh man it just it hits so good the way that it plays out um just for the design purposes as far as mechanically goes is another case entirely that equally just keeps hitting and hitting quite literally mm -hmm. because uh matching to the natural sound of the game where it you're already like bobbing your head mm -hmm. to the beat makes it really easy to do that but even if you're not listening to the soundtrack or anything or for whatever reason you can't mm -hmm. uh they have a whole dedicated button that pulls up a visual metronome for mm -hmm. you or if you're hearing impaired obviously gives you that ability to keep playing the game without the fear and of the losing cat. that and uh the cat does it uh which is great because it's right next to the main character the menu does it with the shadow of the guitar mm -hmm. um literally everything in the background bobs to the beat as well and has bright lights on it so you could just follow any one of those things the fact that the enemies attack on the beat at all times so you can plan accordingly um it, the way you can buy more combos as you get better at the game just like devil may cry is just like Mm. it's it's great and it, it almost kills me that i haven't played more of it same because so many other things were also coming out that i already knew i was going to play mm -hmm. so it became this case of shoot i can't just like drop any of these other things that i've already spent money on mm -hmm. to go play the other game that granted is free is really mm -hmm. fun and is really short free on game pass yeah for on game pass yeah that's that's what we're saying essentially um i think you said it was like 30 bucks without it mm -hmm. um which is like decent investment but exactly. really I, good yeah, i heard it's short it's like six seven hours and i'm like something perfect like that. and yeah for and again like and, and then if, there, if you want to like buy it on like steam or something it's like you can't like snuff like be and, and, and try to like be mean about a six hour game that's like 30 bucks yeah like you can't it's like Especially at least nowadays. like they used to pay you we used to pay 60 dollars for games that would last four to five hours remember force unleashed 2 back in like 2010s it's like at least the prices are kind of like shifting around now to yeah to to give that to get that perception of like yeah we understand that some of you value people are like big snobs it's like yeah this is not a 60 or 70 dollar game because it's shorter and here it is and on top of that with the whole game pass of it all but in addition to that um before I forget is that the replayability is really high in this game as well because you have like Devil collectibles. May Cry. Yes. Um, it's very like in your suggest highly suggested, there we go, to go back and keep playing the game again on higher difficulties because there's also uh, their equivalent of the Bloody Palace from Devil May Cry as well mm -hmm. where you go through waves of fighting more and more enemies. Once again, that's like a hundred levels usually. Uh, from my experience and you could just go through that keep getting better at the campaign the combat 
the extra things to collect in the game, all of the graffiti arts that you can put on your base wall. Um, and it's just unlocking all the moves. You could just keep kind of playing this game for a while. And it, it's so fun that it almost doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, and props to them for adding royalty-free music mode. Mm -hmm. I, I like to I like to see it like in a stream how that works like what kind of music they have put in because the X specific music that they picked for this game feels so intentional to like the yeah. vibes that they're going for. I think uh, it helps that a lot of it is uh, mostly instrumental outside of like the boss fights because like I know they had Nine Inch Nails and a few others that are famous that I can't think of right now but uh, they also worked alongside like scoring people that they just didn't license that specific music mm -hmm. so they would allow people to still use it uh, with the same BPM and things like that that can just kind of be used easier so it sounds like it's going to be more just like the straight up instrumentals instead of adding in like vocals and things to that to add it but they mm -hmm. even said that it's not 100 useful and some third party people can try to claim it mm -hmm. so they were like yeah just watch out guys you might still get copyright claimed yeah. because somebody's gonna try that on but, hey props for them to for trying because yeah. some some games will just not try at all and then like for people that like are variety streamers that like streaming a bunch of games and they see this game and they want to stream it they wouldn't be able to because they would just get DMCA'd into oblivion. But yeah. to me, like, what's more imp impressive about this is like what it says about Xbox that they're with this game. I feel like they're finally starting to walk the walk or walk the talk of what they want, how they want to reshift what their brand is into something a little bit more broad. And because we, their entire slate is just perpetually delayed, and it just seems that they just can't manage everything at once. Especially after an entire year, we went without a, like a single new big game from them. Them coming out now, like with that develop with with that developer direct, where they finally solidified some release dates, and on top of that, really announcing and releasing something this fresh looking, that's also old school looking because this this is like the Jetset Radio vibes of this thing, just like scream from the screen, and and then on top of that, uh, taking the good cues of the one good exclusive you had on Xbox One early on from Insomniac, and even though it's not exactly that game, that, that exact same game. Is, is capturing those exact same vibes. And I'm just so glad that it's happening because with this impentiment now, it's like, okay, now we know that at least they're talking true that them investing so much in the Game Pass ecosystem is like relieving a lot of these developers from like having to release something that has to be financially successful and they can just get creative because it's just content for Game Pass, the service that's already there. So I'm excited for it, especially now imagine, they have set the cadence now. Why if Starfield is a shadow drop? Could you imagine? I don't I, think I, I so. Don't, I don't believe it, but now there, the possibility is there right now because of the service that is Game Pass. Yeah. So because um, usually you need to build up marketing to be able to like build up awareness or people know what to spend their money on. Hmm. Shadow drops on Game Pass is much easier because you already have people in on the hook. That's so, true. So they could theoretically do that, but the thing is that they're, they're still going to do their own Starfield showcase whenever they do that. Rumors are there is, they're going to be like maybe late February to line up for like a, a preview event or maybe after that preview event or or around the same time they're going to do a preview event. And we'll see. But right now, like Starfield is the only game that's kind of like a TBD of if it's actually coming out the first half of the year, like they said, or is it going to get pushed like seemingly forza that was a spring 2023 game that changed to coming 2023 in that de developer direct but after an entire year of quietness for them it's like it feels nice it's like okay they're ready here to they're ready to fight 
and this yeah. and more and more our investments from last year are like paying paying dividends now early on now that we're basically platform agnostic and we can play everything we want goldeneye the old n64 game that we had heard many years ago that they were planning on re-releasing it with achievements and all that and then we saw it like officially revealed at the nintendo direct that we both hated because we didn't get the two games we wanted out of them then they went quiet for a little bit and then this past week they're like oh yeah it's coming this friday and it's gonna be on game pass and also nintendo switch online i downloaded it, it was 300 megabytes i told you paul you should like download this for the lulz and the nostalgia kick for for me in this is so heavy because boy this game sucks <laughs> like, <laughs> like and then if i have to talk about it like objectively speaking like as a shooter god did this genre like took leaps and bounds from yeah. whenever this, this thing came out because we have to remember it's like what made this a special was that there were no console shooters before like that many metal of honor came out before around that time but it was in the ps1 like non-two-stick uh uh control scheme and this one had like that weird analog with how weird the n64 controller was but back then it was like when you know that the pc space were like littered with shooters because that was the, the, the way to do it golden i felt like mana from heaven back then the thing is that not too long after that even when, when they did perfect dark which controls exactly the same same developer also halo happened and halo was the one that was the before and after of this is how shooters have to control on console to be fair with the at least the xbox version of this port you can play a double stick which you couldn't yeah. before so at least there's like some a sense of modern modernity to it but the visuals are just hilariously bad now especially like see see seeing the they're JPEG, yeah the jpegs they try to put for the faces yeah like especially for sean beans alec trevelyan uh but uh the soundtrack is still a bop i love that soundtrack it's like the game is still like it can be really fun in a just run and spray kill every enemy that you can yeah. and and hope to see that some bullets like hit them down there where the sun doesn't rise and see the fun animations that happen back in 1997 just like the dual wielding how like everything just like you shoot a box and it like literally explodes like like, like in slow motion and uh i will say there's a golden eye it did put me in the mood to watch all the brosnan movies over like over the days when, when this came out i had a fun time especially like seeing god damn it my dog <laughs> <sighs> all the time yeah one day when I move, I'll be like in an isolated room where this is not going to happen. Uh, but like I was saying, uh, contrasting that movie and seeing like how accurate the game is most of the time and thinking, man, it's like, yeah, this was a licensed game back then. And a lot of those scenarios are in the game in their own way. It's uh, even though I think more of GoldenEye as a game than I do a movie. Like I do a lot of Brosnan stuff. We were talking about that, how like that Brosnan era, I knew it as games first before I knew them as movies. So, but uh, Paul, quick thoughts on GoldenEye. <laughs> I, um, as a complete newcomer to it, I played a little bit of the camp, um, that campaign, the co-op, um, multiplayer stuff as did several other people in our generation. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we were mostly Perfect Dark kids because mm -hmm. you kind of worked with whatever your buddy had. And Perfect and Dark was technically a better game also, so. 
yeah um same thing with the paintball mode though that was some good stuff yeah. but anyway um yeah so that was kind of nice kind of sitting back into it playing it with some modern uh additives they had some accessibility options to it that was kind of interesting um i can't think of most of it off the top of my head but they do have a few like remapping and mm -hmm. uh, different things that give you a little more freedom uh with the way things operate and like you said it was really fun to just spray through mm -hmm. these random corridors and just gun everything down because i did play the original medal of honor uh mm -hmm. when that came out on the playstation one against my parents wishes secretly with my uncle yeah. um even though they were rated t that was, was yeah, that's they was were fun. rated t but at the time i was just like you can't play a game that has like shoot you're shooting people <laughs> i couldn't play hardly anything but if i like asked my parents because it was like world war ii they i could probably get away with it, that one specifically but mm -hmm. not like james bond or perfect dark i don't think because for whatever reason there's like a disconnect mm -hmm. anyway um, so yeah, mechanically, it was just fun to go running around, shooting things up. I had it on my big screen TV just for the fun of it. Um, uh -huh. And that was kind of fun, honestly, because it up surprisingly well. Mm -hmm. um, however, I also started getting severe, like not severe, headache. but like a little bit of motion sickness, a little bit of headache. Because of all, the, just, all, the, all the weapon bopping and all and that. everything's yeah. so like really zoomed in like that. Um, and then, of course, the objectives are after like the first like tutorial-ish mission uh it starts to get really obscure on what they actually want you to do mm -hmm. because like for instance that first mission where it's mm, like the destroy facility. these gas tanks there's two separate rooms with gas tanks that look very different and one of those rooms is the one they actually intend you to use mm -hmm. however also if you shoot any of them or blow any of them up it fills the entire level with gas not just the room that it was in even uh -huh. if you seal the doors as the game says uh, so if you don't have a very specific set of timing, how things work, also including that if you don't know anything about GoldenEye, you don't know you're supposed to fail one of those objectives mm -hmm. after a certain specific moment. Mm -hmm. You cannot fail it before. And uh, it's just really funny watching all the enemies come in and then you get that one dude from the story, walks up uh -huh. completely impervious to bullets, shoots Sean Bean and then walks out as uh -huh. if nothing happened <laughs> while everything else is going to hell on top of it. So it's like you almost have to know what's going on or be there to know what's going on mm -hmm. or you're just kind of lost in all of it because i had to keep resetting that level so many times yeah the thing is that there's like a lot of exposition of what you have to do in the level when you're like in the main menu that has like the uh yeah like the, the file thing yeah the file you have to read through the whole file to understand right. that and the thing is if you don't read them if you're inside the level you don't know anything well, I think the trickiest part with that is that if they just included an image of which like gas canister mm -hmm. you were supposed to blow up, it was just they said, "Hey, there's gas no, canisters." Sometimes in they this sometimes room. they include the but you have to like, you have to like scroll through like all the text that it gives right. you. It's just for some reason that one specifically didn't seem to have an image on that one, but yeah. So it's just it's dated, but it's fun if you ever want to go back into it. Like you said, for the walls, especially if it's on Game Pass or if you own Rare Replay on Xbox One, the digital version is just going to update and it's going to be there. So many yeah. of these games usually don't hold up. So definitely, this is just this was just more nostalgia candy. Just they're just really like, yeah, I remember this. This was my dad's favorite game on the N64. So he always asked me. Is Goldeneye ever coming back? Here, actually, do they have Goldeneye? Uh, especially when I was showing him the N64 games from the expansion pack. The first thing he asked me, do they have Star Fox? Do they have Goldeneye? Those are the big two. And now he asked me, do they have Rogue Squadron? And I'm like, I would hope they have Rogue Ooh. Squadron. 
<laughs> so, at least you can find that one on PC pretty easily now. Oh yeah, especially the original. Especially the Rogue Squadron two and three on GameCube are like stuck in that system. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at last fun time. But I'll tell you, the Switch version of the Golden Eye sucks. The controls suck. You have to shoot with L two because the L two is the Z button. Because remember how they like map the controller like it's like pretending to be like an N sixty four controller. So. Yeah. From basic playability, if you want to play GoldenEye on the Nintendo Switch, I hope you bought one of those N64 controllers that they were selling that were, like, super expensive because that's the only way to properly play that game there. Unless you want to switch uh, the A button to be your shooting button there. That's, like, the only way that that becomes, like, remotely palatable for me. But yes. I uh, before we talk about this, some of the games that we both talked together, Paul, like... Yeah, you have uh, a few more. Yeah, I did try out Jet the Far Shore and The Outer Wilds because I was... I, I downloaded a bunch of games, kind of like I mentioned last week, from when I subscribed to PS Plus Premium, and those were there. Yeah. And uh, Outer Wilds, for example, I tried playing that back in Xbox One, and unfortunately, the Xbox One version ran, ran like such crap that I was like, no, I don't want to play this, not right now. Uh, then Yet the Far Shore was one of those like few indie games that they were showing at the at some of the early state of plays, the showcases. So. I definitely wanted to try them. I hate both these games. Oh really? I, yeah. I Dead the Far Shore has like a art style to its characters that it's very like unnervingly ugly. And the initial like part where you're like finally like flying around, it was like, this seems interesting, but it doesn't seem like something I really want to play. Mm. And then Outer Wilds, I have heard so many things about how Outer Wilds is one of the greatest games ever made. It's like it's so life changing and all that, and I'm like, well, maybe eventually it becomes because how it starts you off, like in its complete vagueness, uh, it's just not gonna, like, it's, it's not gonna fly for me because it's like I want a little bit more explanation of how you're gonna start, especially going out in the wild. So, yeah, I um, I played previously Outer Wilds. I had only wanted to play Jet the Far Shore at one point and never got to it because uh apparently that was a sequel to a previous game was it uh yeah there's another game that i own on ps4 previously that i bought it um try looking it up while i talk maybe mm -hmm. because um i'm pretty sure unless i'm mistaken uh and i'm just not thinking about the right game but uh it's the one where it looks like a giant barrel with like a sail on it it doesn't mm -hmm. it Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because there was another one that, uh, same kind of concept, but a little more indie-ish. So I don't know if maybe that has something to do with it, but when I found out that there was a prequel to it or a game that they had done previously, it made me think that I needed to go back or something. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about a prequel. So um, I'll, I'll look it up later on. Maybe I'll figure out what I'm talking about. But yeah, Outer, Outer Wilds, I tried to. I kind of enjoyed the concept behind it. I liked the whole, all right, you're in your little rinky-dink spaceship go explore there's some weird stuff going on uh, especially when you wake up and you see the satellite thing kind of explode above you and you're just like wonder what happened there and then the entire concept behind it once again this is another example of my crippling anxiety mm -hmm. with oh, Majora's, the, Mask yeah, Majora's Mask yeah. because the entire concept for anybody that doesn't know is that the world is going to completely end in like 30-ish minutes. In like 22 minutes. Yeah, 22 minutes um, every time. 
However, you have a system that completely resets your um, your consciousness right as that happens so that you can try it again. And the whole idea is you need to figure out what's happening and how to stop it. And there's just several planets in your little solar system that you can visit each time it happens. You can jump from one to the next, but you always have that exact 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. And if you die, you can reset it early. Um, and it's fun. There's a lot of platforming. There's a lot of like puzzles and things, but then it gets after a while of like just running around goofing off and trying to mess things around i really got lost on like all right what do i do next like i kind of hit a wall and none of my leads kind of were panning out because it really falls on you to almost remember the things that these like previous apocalyptic log style memoirs kind of like hey you should try going over to this place next oh yeah i remember that at this place and it's kind of highlighted like in mm -hmm. legend of zelda and i'm just like great i've already been there no idea what but, you're uh, talking about <laughs> um yeah and the just... yeah the majora's mask of it is what i wanted to play it but it's just like the way it starts you off is like so incredibly big and me like i feel like i wonder if i have add now because it's like immediately when i was like it didn't grab me it's like delete literally mm -hmm. it, it, after like five minutes because I don't know. I feel like I have many other games that I could be playing. And I've heard so many things about Outer Wilds, but it's just like, back then it was like that vagueness and how it ran like garbage on Xbox One was like, mm, not feeling it. Real quick, did you get off the planet then? Nope. I see. Um, I would say the hook, if you ever wanted to go back to it, is after you've first been able to get off the planet. Because personally, I feel like flying in the ship is the most fun part of it to it me. It looks like it. I've seen yeah. the gameplay. It's just like, I don't want to like just have to you'll be going left and right right now to try to figure this out and reading all this like voiceless text. Like like if I'm playing like a Nintendo game. It's but... it's a very like Pentiment style. Like what you said when you mm -hmm. tried it, you're like, okay, I need to like be in the right mind space for this mm -hmm. because... I've kind of heard the same thing from a few people. Usually that's after they came around to it. And I'm personally still kind of waiting for that moment whenever it clicks, if I mm -hmm. ever try it again. But there's moments where I'm like, this was kind of fun. I like flying yeah. around, trying to figure and out how to land and do all that at stuff. At the very least, the game looks, uh, it runs well on PS5 because there's that the PS5 version is on, on, on that service. Just like nice. the Xbox Series X and S that they updated over yeah. here on Game Pass. So, but yeah, it was like, it was a weird one to jump in after I had finished Forspoken, which we can now talk about. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I have written a review for Forspoken. I submitted my review for Forspoken. I just need to submit a few pictures, and it may be, it may go live by the time this podcast goes live, or maybe a day after. We'll see. Oh. Okay. Uh, so. So it, real quick, it was not Jet the Far Shore that I was thinking of. Completely different game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna figure out whatever that was and get back to you. But yeah, I'll continue. <laughs> But yeah, so before I go into Forspoken, Paul, what do you think of the game? That, like, especially after we had some preliminary thoughts uh, last week of just playing like the first hour. How many powers do you get? Okay, so you never oh. got past the fire one. I that was the last thing that I did that day, and then ever since then I was either playing Dead Space Remake or the other game that we'll mention in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was I already know that I like it. Mm -hmm. I already have decided that I think in my head. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it also has just some of the most 
toxic talk about it mm -hmm. that I've seen in a, in a little minute. Um, one of which is uh, one of the YouTubers that I follow had like a sponsored segment from Square Enix and he got like a review copy early mm -hmm. and that was like, all right, give your honest opinions. And he was just like, guys, I don't know. This might actually be some heat right here uh, because he was enjoying mm -hmm. the gameplay a lot. Um, and he kind of skipped around in his gameplay talk of it. Then he played, excuse me, most of it behind the scenes. And everyone was just like, ah, he's doing that for the money. Get the money, buddy. But mm -hmm. uh, you're tripping. This is a trash game. This is cringe. And it was just, it was so kind of disheartening to watch so many people that I just know didn't even try it, didn't play it at all. Have been watching gameplay, watched one person play it half-heartedly, and they were like, ah, this is trash. Or and they tried the demo, which was not good. Right. Yeah. Uh, or they played the demo because that was the other thing that I was hearing. It was like, I'm so glad they made a demo so I could decide not to buy it. And I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, man, no. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of those cases where it actively ruined people's ability to enjoy that game by actually dropping a demo for it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a badly optimized demo that the HDR was broken because when I played the uh, updated version of that yeah. demo that launched like the week before, it was like, this should have been the demo from the start. If there's something that needs to be completely perfect about a game before release, it has to be a demo. Mm -hmm. If you're going to convince people to play your game, it has to be flawless. doesn't matter if the whole rest of the game is broken as crap. I feel like if that's like your marketing, you mm -hmm. have to make the demo run perfect mm -hmm. and just release the demo when it's ready or something. Or even better, like do like Square Enix has been doing with many of their games. I don't know why they didn't do it like this. Do a demo that then you can carry your progress into the main game. Well, like you couldn't with this one. Yeah, well, you couldn't. It dropped you right, right in the middle of the game. Which, because otherwise you'd be sitting there for two hours trying to get to that point in the game. Mm -hmm. Because you also have your fire powers in the demo. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense because you it almost is a disservice to only give you one of the four powers in a demo. Mm -hmm. uh, because you don't really get a full grasp of it. Um, one thing that I appreciated, I almost like the the Force Unleashed style of demo, mm -hmm. where it's like technically the first mission, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of added stuff to it to give you a better idea of the general gist of what you're going to be playing. Yeah, because you're given the, the powers you get much later on in that yes. in, in, in the game. You get them early um, on in that demo. You get them way uh, later, uh, early, excuse me, and then you fight the ATST as the final boss of that, which mm -hmm. is a normal boss later on, but is not there in the finished game. It's However, just there. the way that freaking ATST fight goes sold me on the hype along with like the clip show after mm -hmm. that um, and that was one of those examples where I'm like that's kind of a good idea and all you have to do is kind of switch a few resources around mm -hmm. especially, However, if you're, especially if you're doing demos that don't carry progress over yeah um, but then also I understand that there's certain things that you just can't really do uh, to get people into it because some are just really plug and play style games and this was a very like all right we need to get you invested in how this world works how this is going on uh, how prey works and how she gets the bracelet all that stuff and it's like you don't want to waste people's time with all that but then by skipping some of that you kind of lose some of the connection to both the character and the world mm -hmm. in which case the world is a huge part of the story um so yeah, I, I, for that part, I almost think it was an unwinnable situation. But anyway, yeah, and also not unwinnable that the fact that this game's like how this game came to be like defined was by that stupid thirty-second ad from like August eighth, twenty twenty-two. 
Duh. So let me get this straight. I'm somewhere that's not what I would call Earth. I'm seeing freaking dragons and oh yeah, I'm talking to a cuff. Yeah, okay, that is something that I do now. Like, that that ad did so much. To... Press the user is always able to remember exactly the words. I mean, I'm reading it. <laughs> oh, that, that's why. <laughs> I, I, I just I, thought you were like, you just knew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, but... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's because that alone is like, because before that, every everyone thought of that game was like, that looks interesting. It doesn't look that like that great, but I mean, it has some magic powers. Those are kind of Final Fantasy. And then that happened, and it was like, oh yeah, this is just cringe the game. And and the thing is, like we we said it last um, last week, isolated, that seems cringe. Yep. In the context of the game, with proper back and forth and getting to the punchlines, you can get some real good chuckles out of this thing, like. I, I feel like this game will not get enough credit at how well it does the fish out of water trope of like having this foul mouthed New Yorker just talk with like this medieval fantasy people that never curse ever. It's only her. They're like so earnest in their fan in, in, in like their fantasy lives that the contracts actually works. And then yeah. and and she would like straight face having to like explain the use of her f bombs. I tell everybody they they just don't like don't get it. Is that that's what made it fun, especially the uh, the, uh, the interactions with the cuff. Is that like, yeah they're like yeah oh you're talking to a cuff that's cringy and those are some of the moments that have gotten a good chuckle out of me, especially when when, when he's when he uh, the cuff punches back. It's it's, yeah. it's it's also funny, but it is also not a fully comedic game because it also this game also gets pretty dramatic. The further you get into it, in a way that I I would say. Maybe gets becomes a little bit more generic, like generic YA chosen one storyline that in the end does something that's straight out of the Rise of Skywalker. And you'll you'll notice you'll you'll, you'll know it when you get I'm there. I'm gonna tell you real quick because that sentence does so much disservice to the game. I feel <laughs> that you might have to clarify that statement at least somewhat because I remember when you told me that in the chat, I was just like. That just sounds terrible. I don't know, buddy. Uh, I am all the Jedi. All you need to know. Oh, okay. Well, that. See, that's just that's anime right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it really depends on how you sell it. But I think that's exactly the case with Forspoken. Is when you sell it in a certain level of earnestness, mm -hmm. uh, it circumvents the concept of cringe, and then it goes back to just being charming. And you, and you get it there. This game yep. is charming. It's earnest. It, like, it's absolutely earnest in its approach. And that is not conveyed with a stupid ad. Whoever did that ad should get fired. Because that ex those exact lines are not even in the game. They, Especially that way. So, no, not, yeah. not, no, not in that way. Like, all together. Like, in yeah, that yeah. cringe sentence. It's like... They're not all the last one. Um, the, that's what I do now is a separate thing. The first part is all together, but it's while she's learning and first meeting the cuff when mm -hmm. she first gets to the world. It's like a random tutorial level gameplay moment that is just blink and you'll miss it. And then it's off to the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they chose this random dialogue moment from that 
weird little random spot while she's running through the world. It's just like one of the random blurbs that they have back and forth together. Uh, just confuses the heck out of me because you have so many other better delivery delivered lines better examples of what's going on even just if you put that uh that one thing where she's trapped surrounded by people and they're rhyming while they're mm -hmm. trying to judge her and she's just like i, I, I love it. if you're gonna rhyme everything rhyming, just, just kill, kill me, me now <laughs> i like just give it's even give it some... funnier because it starts rhyming as soon as you meet that tanta and it oh just keeps it, it just keeps like rhyming and rhyming and rhyming and so that's what makes it fun here. <laughs> and I mean the early one of the Upper East Side uh, that that's still one that still slays me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just little things like that that really work well and every time I was just chilling talking to some of the villagers because they really try to get you to talk to a lot of the random people um the little Olivia mm -hmm. uh that you get to speak to that's all like such very wholesome things where she like bumps you and you because Frey is a street kid it's she like all right you pickpocketed me give uh -huh. me that back now and just that whole interaction is just adorable uh the way all of that works the more people you meet the more i realize that there's a lot of personality to a lot of these npcs mm -hmm. and uh yeah it vibed with me and then that's not even the fact that we haven't even mentioned the crazy magic you get to pull off in this game this the is combat is what carries this game the magic. This is the amazing magic simulator, the game that we've been asking for for decades. And then it comes and goes and people are like, cringe dialogue, bro. And mm -hmm. then that's it. Yeah. So it's like, guys. Yeah, the fire powers, when you put the crucible thing that like circles the enemies on fire, in, 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 increasing your uh, your your fire Damn DPS. Gosh. And then you yeah. can start like chaining the, the kick that creates like a bomb explosion, the trap that comes from beneath. Uh, you become like a, the spikes that you can become to just rush into an enemy like it's freaking Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, spawning the swords that float with you, the fire swords that that, that look like the Noctis swords from the original uh, Final Fantasy Versus 13 trailer. Yeah. And and then even summoning like fire like silhouettes to help you fight and mixing all of that together with like either your sword or the spear or the punches that you can get on fire. And just seeing all the explosions in front of him and seeing like fighting those bear bosses, the big enemies, there's kind of like monster hunting that you do in the game and just seeing the health just completely melt. It's so cool. That is what carries this game. I think what I appreciate about it mechanically the most is the fact that each of the cooldowns are centered around just that one thing. And there's no limit to how many of those special abilities you get to do. Because they're all yeah, in individual cooldowns. You can so like second yeah. out. So by the time I had my earth powers, I had about eight different support magics and you just go through the radial menu, launching crazy thing after crazy thing. And then with each element that you pick up, you get another one of those that you can just switch over in an instant and then go through the radial menu again and just drop all these crazy nukes, bombs, <laughs> earth, wind and fire, literally. Yeah. And it's beautiful. That's, that's, I, I really that, appreciate it. That, that's in my review. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful yeah. work. Um, yeah, so I could probably talk about it for a little while longer, but I didn't play it nearly as much as you had. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we moved on? Um, I really like the story. I really enjoy it. Like, even though as generic as it can get, it's like, I feel like there is, there's a reason coming of age stories work. And there's because, a reason why tropes exist mm -hmm. because tropes are, by themselves are not bad and yeah. neither are cliches everybody says cliches are bad cliches just mean 
people understand it so you don't have to waste as much time explaining it yeah i would say like when you uh when you realize like what the actual point of the story is it was actually kind of surprising i wasn't expecting it nice uh, especially who the, who, who the uh especially when you get to the villain that was like a that, that was like a nice twist um uh, figuring out like who these bosses are in like context of how you're get, earning those powers and yeah. then the final section of this game is like pretty epic and uh, epic in the way that you you can expect from like a square enix game the soundtrack of this game slaps even though in few sections <laughs> it sounds like james bond <laughs> you can go you can go to my yeah you, you can go yeah. to my uh go, go go to my twitter feed and look for a and a clip that I uploaded that put like great camera work because it's one of the few times that you're fly you're fighting a flying enemy in like the city where you earn the firepower. This is much later in the game that the camera just passes out because the enemy just keeps down there and you don't fly. There's like no flying in this game. You there's like always rushing. And there's floating that you can eventually do to just kinda like elevate yourself, but there's like no flying in this game. But during that during that time it was like the the music was like so epic. There was like this reminds me a little bit of Shadow of the Colossus, like when the musical crescendos are when you're fighting a big beast and then like a very epic rendition of the james bond theme kicks in that i was like whoa am i hearing this right and then i clipped it and i sent it to you as i was like, yep i can hear it <laughs> so it's um one of those things that i learned recently with parallel thinking where you can find the melodies of so many other songs within mm. existing songs that it makes me think uh i'm almost glad that i don't I'm not really into music and making my own music because ah. I would feel like everything's been done already because of that reason exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like, it still felt really great. Uh, it sounded really awesome. And like mm -hmm. you said, that that music was carrying some of those scenes and yeah. um, it, it makes me excited it, to play it. Yeah, it carries it a lot because the game's visuals are like probably the worst part of the game. That remains true like throughout. When you're standing still, especially in the performance mode, at times it looks nice. There are specific places where the lighting of this in the sky changes. I put uh, I put some screenshots today in our chat because I'm gonna extract them for uh, for an album that we're putting for a review over at Season Gaming. And when you see those kind of colors, and it was like, okay, I can see some of the fantasy that we know Square Enix knows how to do. The problem, I think, the big problem with this game is the luminous tools they use. Is like the luminous productions they spend so much time trying to make that engine. To that eventually was what they're trying to run Final Fantasy 15 on, and it took them forever to make that game. I feel it's just not a it very look great. Yeah, and exactly. It doesn't it doesn't look great. It looks great in effects, like when yes. like it, it yes, handles absolutely. lighting way. Of course, it's called luminous. So you would think the thing that illuminates places, which is lighting, is the thing that looks well. But then it's like let down by very low resolution at times like it gets really grimy at times when you're like speeding through <coughs> sorry racing fire switching to like water and wind and earth and sometimes it like slows down like the frame rate is like not perfect so therefore considering the fact that it already looks very blurry when you're playing on performance mode and then it starts like it has this weird thing called reconstruction image which is like it tries to upscale a low resolution to like a high resolution from like a low base and at times it looks great, but if you're using like a 1440p image that then upscales to 4K, it looks like 4K. You wouldn't know that it's not 4K. When you do reconstruction from a 900p image, that low resolution, when you th you see things like hair or your cat, Homer, like look like this pixelated mess or what we were talking about uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, uh, last week, when you were mentioning it's like, 
they they changed the hair from cows like they didn't change anything they just up the resolution resolution yeah especially for things that you know require tiny uh, tiny lines of things those are the things that don't benefit from a low resolution it just it just looks grimy so yeah. from a visual perspective like for spoken is a real letdown especially when you consider this is a next gen only like playstation 5 exclusive that was sold as like this was back in like uh june 2020 this was project athia initially showcased as like one of the, like, the big like guns for the ps5 and on that perspective this feels more like a middle market game and i tell you i'm a big sucker for middle market games i love prototype i love infamous wasn't infamous wasn't middle market but it played close around that time the kind of kind of like in that area just more just in a more triple a area but uh even this game even has cra some crackdown in it like if you ever played Crackdown, there was this loop where you could like go collect many orbs as you're using your powers to kind of like jump around and keep collecting these orbs. And there's this thing called mana in, uh, in Forspoken. And if you want to like really unlock all your powers, you need a lot of mana. And seeing like the mana around in the world and just speeding through it, it's like it gets so addicting. It's like the gameplay side of this game like holds up its end of the bargain. The thing is that when position as like one of the big PlayStation 5 exclusives from like a big name like Square Enix, that's also releasing Final Fantasy 16 this year, on top of being a $70 game, then when you see the entire package all together, yes, there's a nice story here. I like the combat, but visually speaking, it's like this doesn't look like the, the, the game uh, that you're asking that price for. And I feel especially the... The things that everyone are finding cringy that I don't find cringy can sometimes be more elevated cringy because of how it looks. If this game, I think we we talked about this a little bit in our chat that uh, if Forspoken had a visual style, maybe not like Hi-Fi Rush, but that was a little bit more stylish and cartoonish. This thing that everyone is calling cringy, they will see it for what it is. It's actually fun dialogue. True. Yeah, so that affects it too. And I feel that's just, uh, this definitely was a game that they had the tools for Luminous Squaring. So it's like, we got to do something with this. It's not going to be Final Fantasy. Let's do something. Okay, do Forspoken. And that's like the only problem. I would say like the only thing that I really don't like about it, the more I think about it and just think about it. I I, I think about it like this. It's like, I feel Forspoken is a nice entree. Like there's like, a, especially for everything else that's coming out this year, that there's going to be like great meals coming in. This feels like a nice entree to start things off. It's just a $70 entree. And the stuffing inside is real good, but the bread outside is not fully cooked. So, unless you really want to taste the really nice stuffing inside of it, and not, don't mind that the bread seems like decrepit outside of it, I would say I recommend it even at its price, but it's an easy... I think I mentioned it last week that if it feels like iffy, definitely wait for a sale for this one. Now that I beat in it, it definitely... Like, if, if the fun gameplay, if you the, the power fantasy of being a magician like really speaks to you, buy it now if not this is definitely gonna go on sale real quick because it had to release next to probably like two of the best games this year we already talked about hi-fi rush and also dead space remake <laughs> we've got so many other things going on and i think that's one of the reasons why um kind of leading right into what you were talking about with the dead space remake um they were just better looking and feeling games to play for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you said that mainlining it, it Forspoken was kind of it's short anyway. 10 to 15 hours. It's like as short as an Uncharted game. Right. Um, but I think I really needed that focus after all of the craziness of things going on. So that's what I spent all my time 
playing was Dead Space Remake. And uh, my goodness, the atmospheric level of just never underestimate the power of like a good ambiance. Yeah. I'll just say this because we're definitely going to talk about this other game later in the stories because some details came out of it uh, from Game Informer. Oh, yeah. From December to March, we're saying survival horror fans are going to be eating good. But then I said, Resident Evil has this in the back. It has this in the bag. Like, Resident Evil 4 is a masterpiece. It's the survival horror game. The best one. And it's going to get a remake, like, on the level of Resident Evil 2 that elevated that package. And Capcom is hitting all their cylinders. That's going to be, like, the easy one, the easy go-to. Callisto Protocol was like, let's see if this new one comes in. And it was fine. I enjoyed it. But for the promise, it was kind of disappointing. And Dead Space, I knew it was there. I was glad that it didn't get delayed. They, it stuck when they were going to be it, but it was like, it's EA. We know how EA, do, EA does these things. Like, is it going to be as good as the original? And let me tell you, Resident Evil 4, your crown is not going to be easy taken this time. I was like, Dead Space Remake came in here to fight and be like, dudes, we can also, we're going to thrift, like, we're going to crack our thumbs and show you. Do the Henry Cavill, like, Reload the arms and here, here, and coming here to fight because Desperate Remake is in a mighty impressive piece of work. Like, yeah. visually speaking, maintaining the visual language of that original game, tweaking in a subtle way to make this thing even more terrifying because enemies don't go down as fast like they did originally. If you've literally played the original, play this, you notice how quick some deviations go from things you think that are already uh, similar. And more importantly, uh, keeping the spirit and soul of this game intact for a new generation while still looking like better than most games, like released currently. I, um, it, Dead Space is like, uh, it is a buffet line of things mechanically to save, excuse me, on the power a system uses wasting time on like facial expressions by putting your main character almost entirely behind a helmet um and of course like we're talking original here uh mm -hmm. right now uh the fact that he doesn't talk mm -hmm. the fact that all your game has to render is one room at a time mm -hmm. with very heavily reused assets with a few variations here and there of things um and then overall that like visually that's all you really need at any time there's nothing that's going to be big or grand about it and that's works perfectly for the horror and to be fair game. like before this remake i popped in uh last december yeah. the 360 version it still held up really well that's yeah. what made me more like mildly curious instead of excited for the remake because it's like this game and back compat still works nice it's like but it now really is that case that everybody was saying with The Last of Us, where they're like, did it really need a remake? Mm -hmm. Because the original, like you said, like the uh, lighting I'll, does yeah. such a good amount of work for that. But then you see what they did mm -hmm. and what they changed, what they updated, and you think, oh, this is this is what I get it now. It's, uh, it's the Danny DeVito thing all over mm -hmm. again. Um, because from the moment you walk in because i do remember the opening uh segment of the original yeah the, the opening segment other than isaac speaking like nearly it's, untouched it's, it's yeah. the beat for beat it's when you start going deep and going into like what is chapter two when whenever the train becomes like available that's oh, when yeah. you see like a big thing that now makes makes sense why this is like new gen only mm. this game is like god of war 2018 no loading screens 
Yeah. Everything, like, it's continuous. And the only place that you can see it is when you're fast traveling. Mm. Um, I don't know if we talked about it at all, but the resolution drops really poorly in the tram when you're moving. So um, there's something called a variable ray shading that they just recently patched and fixed because they did this thing where they drop resolution in specific places to kind of, like, keep right. performance up. And in this case, the PS5 version in particular was being hit really hard because the, the console doesn't handle variable uh, refresh uh variable rate shading hardware wise with like with its specs it's like it's not baked in into like what the system can do so they have to like program it from the outside and it and well the xbox can do that so there were like talks that the xbox version was the best version to play this game like from like the big yeah. two the, the two big ones but a recent patch eliminated variable rate uh, uh, rate shading and now both versions are equal so. I'm going to see what that looks like then, because uh, originally it was like, I wouldn't have noticed it because this is me we're talking about, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until one of the people I follow mentioned, actually the same one that I've posted videos of, mm -hmm. uh, mentioned how poorly the, that drops, but that's the only thing that kind of ever flinches in this entire game, mm -hmm. uh, and like mechanically I've had no glitches like the only thing that ever happens that doesn't seem like it would be intended is like the ragdoll physics but mm -hmm. that's part of the fun um everything else is like the body parts fall off in the right way you can utilize all of that the, s the freezing time the um using your kinesis power um the actual guns themselves just look they sound they feel um just that chunky mechanical sounds each of them make as you reload them feels so great uh the atmospheric sounds of the ship itself the creaking the weird noises the it's it's just all put together so well and i don't want to even talk too much about like the storyline of it how simple it is how cool it is that the main character is just an engineer going about mm -hmm. his blue collar work day that's what made it so cool he's not a typical hero yeah but then at the same time he's like specifically skilled in all of those weapons because they're all tools that have been repurposed and it's like it's just it all it's all so perfectly lined up and it's this ain't leon kennedy this is just a guy um and i i just it's my favorite game of the year so far mm -hmm. and uh i know it's going to be dethroned by plenty of things this year but it's just while it's there mm -hmm. it deserves every little piece of good thing i can say about it and as somebody who's normally very squeamish and very scared of any horror games I would almost recommend this in one way because once you've played this, everything else is kind of secondary to it in levels of like gore and grotesqueness on one hand. However, for any uh, anybody who is also very much of a scaredy cat, um, it gives you just a certain level of power that you can crush anything in front of you, especially on the normal difficulties. I have so much ammo stored up for every weapon because when you get decent at finding your environment, utilizing the pipes, the fan blades that fall out, mm -hmm. um, any explosives, any stasis things that are running around that you can just kinesis yeah, this, into the, the enemies. The kinesis stasis in this game is so good in comparison to the one in Callisto Protocol. That doesn't feel yeah. nearly remotely as good. There's one thing about um, feeling good, yes, still. 
I did appreciate that Callisto Protocol let you force grip enemies themselves because you could obviously can't do that in Dead Space, but you can pull uh, things from around you. It's a much like smaller level of uh, and a power. smaller window, a smaller yeah, window, yeah. and 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 taking more from your power. But it's also way more uh, balanced in that way because for Callisto Protocol, you could just grip the entire enemy and throw them into spike walls <laughs> next to you. <clears throat> and that kind of ruined a lot of experiences where obviously this, you can't do that. Um, but you can be really smart about it. You can uh, boost the damage that that Kinesis Grab does uh, mm -hmm. whenever you throw things, but also obviously whenever you throw certain things, it's an instant kill. Mm -hmm. So if you just know when you're walking through and there's nothing and you kind of make mental notes of there's a pipe over there, there's a thing over here, there might be an explosive right that way. And then when everything pops off, you just start chucking crap at people and you almost don't need to use weaponry for part of the mm -hmm. uh, thing and I found I don't know if this exists in the original game then I'll stop talking about it um, for the plasma cutter there is an upgrade that knocks down enemies when you melee them really that's new yes I found that uh, because for each gun there's at least two or three different upgrades that you can find that not only boost your um, the, your nodes available to purchase but when you get that thing that's uh, specifically there it gives you a passive ability for each gun that's different so for like the um the pulse rifle it just gives you a ton of capacity so you have like a mm -hmm. hundred magazine rounds in there yeah, that, that was um, a new one right uh the flame does some other things but like each one kind of does something specific and one of those for the plasma cutter is a special blade and you could just clean cold cock almost that's not, any that sounds enemy, really nice <laughs> and then it knocks them down so you can finish them off and there's only a few uh enemies that like are chunky enough that it doesn't affect them but it's really good for most of everything else, especially at that point in the game. So it's just, there's so many different ways you can do it. And I can fully see how you can do, once again, the uh, plasma cutter only run. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that kind of wants to go back and do that after I finish with this, because yeah. I'm having so much yeah, fun. Yeah, that was an, an, an achievement and trophy back then that you only do an, an entire run just with the plasma cutter. I did it right. the last time I played this game in 2020, right when we started the show, like yeah. in, in our season zero, that's only on YouTube. And it's nice because then you can sell everything else and use that for ammo and abilities for the plasma cutter. It's like it's super optimized and just the way that that all goes. It's I enjoyed the heck and the cool of, of doing that run is that then if you pop Dead Space 2, you got a, a an already upgraded plasma cutter from the start. Yep. If you're able to do that before, so yeah, Dead Space is still like it was always a great game. This remake makes it even better in a way that I never thought, considering it wasn't even visceral making this game this was ea motive the guys that made the star wars battlefront 2 campaign and the uh and star wars squadrons the battlefront 2 campaign wasn't that good squadrons was a better game but it's still this is not a top tier team and what they did here is like okay this is their this shows that when given the time money and resources ea has at least has some internal teams that are not respawn that are doing like some good work and it yeah. does make me wonder if like the way that this game was received was the catalyst for what happened this week for the what we sure. heard so i i truly hope that's my final closing thoughts on dead space remake that now with the success of this that we get dead space 2 remake mm -hmm. and then a full redo of, of dead three. space 3 mm -hmm. yeah because if we can get that that solid plot wrapping up 
with the added benefits of everything else because I feel like there was something there with Dead Space 3. It just got really bogged down by everything else going on. The suits came in. That's what happened with those games. So yeah. Um, an executive came in and they just tell them to like add things that didn't make sense for that game. And, and then they were expecting, no, this has to sell 5 million copies or we're shelving the franchise and they sold 4. They're like, yep, shelving it for like 10 years. It's been 10 years since the last Dead Space. And Can you I, believe that? I hope this is where we get it back. Also, mm. apparently there's a lot of references to other media from Dead Space. Because if you remember during that time, there were comic books, animated yeah. things. They there went was... too big with Dead Space, kind of like trying to expand it as a franchise. They when... tried to pull the Ge uh, Gears of War thing, I think. Because that was around that same time. If yeah, you when they were trying to, they were trying to like do like the cross media, like trying to push Mass it. Effect did it. Yeah. But I Mass Effect that. did it successfully, and then they tried to do they it with did. everything. And uh, and the thing is that they tried to... Uh, they lowered the survival horror elements of Death Space the farther it went in to try to appeal to more mass market things. But by doing that, they bloated the budgets for that game of what they were expecting. And survival horror games, it's like, unless you're Resident Evil that they managed to sell a lot. Back then, it was like survival horror wasn't that huge of a seller. It just wasn't. It feels like it now is. But I just hope that, uh, that EA doesn't put into this remake the same expectations that Krafton put into Callisto Protocol. A new IP with an unproven dev, even though he has the head of the, cre the creator of that space, they're like, yeah, we're expecting this to be selling 5 million copies. And it's only sold like, sold like two, and it had like 160 million uh, development budget, which is insane for that small scale game. So before we go into the news, Paul, uh, this, it pleases me that you went to Hitman Freelancer. I did. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go ahead and share a few of my thoughts on that while I'm uh, thinking about it, because um, it, it is both the culmination and like final thought on the idea of Hitman mm -hmm. in general, uh, in some areas also greatly frustrates and breaks the whole point of it in some <laughs> ways. So hear me out here. <clears throat> um, the whole idea, as we all know, it's a roguelike style. Uh, you are in your little safe house and it's a basement. You have eight different choices of targets and whatever. And within each of those is three missions. Uh, two normal kill one or two targets, get out. And then one that is you have several suspects. Completing each of these gives you tips on how to find that last one while you're in the map. Uh, it gives you five suspects and you can either kill all of them or you find the right one. There's a lot of challenges like do the, um, for each one, it's kind of randomly generated out of that binder that you first pick. So it's like you have one that's more based around do, do traps, uh, kills with traps, kills with weapons, kills with like, don't kill anybody except the target. But there are, um, there are no not benefits, uh, penalties technically for killing other enemies. Um, because there's some that are like, hey, kill three guards with an assault rifle. That's clearly a very loud cap kind of method, but you get points for it. So it's kind of like, it doesn't just recommend you do that one thing that gives every hitman like the perfect score, but there are some, if you like that method, you can pick that anyway. So yeah, that's one of the cool things. Yeah, because they basically like, 
trying to get the silent assassin thing, which is like trying to mm -hmm. make it through a level without killing many people, right? Or being lethal, like they, that's basically out of this, right? You can be like more that brutal, does like, exist, but um, as an extra bonus, because when you pick that mission, uh, then to the right of you is three separate challenges that are all randomly generated. One of those is like silent assassin do whatever but you can only pick one and some of them are like hey just like um run around there's a time trial every time you go into a closet it resets the timer like random stuff like that or like do a silent takedown and every time you do it's uh resets the timer and then you get like three thousand points or whatever on top of it which you can use those points in each map there's one supplier that sells like different really good weapons um the thing that starts to fall apart for me on that is once you're in you are not allowed to take anything with you even the things that you kind of take for granted in normal hitman mission you can't take any lock picks no coins nothing you are completely untouched um and you have to find everything yourself that also means um you can take anything from the map with you and then you have it for that next mission however anything you have on you uh when you die is gone forever no matter how good it was so unfortunately where a lot of it's like a roguelike it, yeah it's like yeah, a <laughs> it's, it's a true roguelike instead of roguelite mm -hmm. with uh permanent unlocks because i was really hoping that it, like maybe at certain points you would unlock a permanent feature which granted you do as you go through you get more capacity to take certain things into missions with you because at first you can only take uh five weight points worth of things so you can take like maybe one pistol and that's it or maybe you can take two smaller items whatever it is so anyway you can kind of build up to that even if you keep failing you're getting a little bit of xp but at the same time any of those weapons any of those tools you can like waste all of your time and all of your points on this one really good sniper rifle and if you lose that it's just gone forever so there's like parts of it because you have to really commit to like an hour plus for each amount of thing you do mm -hmm. uh there's also no saving at all in the game so you have to be able to commit to that mission completely uh once you start it there you can pause it at least but you can't get out of it in any way so that was something that's kind of frustrating in some ways mm -hmm. because it's like well you better hope that you can finish that or like put your system into rest mode and then go back to it later um because there's a lot of people that don't have that kind of availability to just sit through that whole thing mm -hmm. and that's uh three of these missions and there's in total the whole run is supposed to be one, two, three, like five sets of that. So you're supposed to do about like 20 to 25 different maps, different missions, randomly created through all that. So in some ways it has a lot of great stuff mm -hmm. and it has a lot of frustrating stuff. Um, yeah. I can't we'll wait to see. try it because yeah. Hitman 3 was my game of the year in 2021. And uh, me saying that is what got you to play it. And you're realizing that that was the best one on that style of Hitman. And uh, I haven't touched it since. I have been waiting for like the new content to, to kind of show up because I did I did like having that huge meal of I have all this to be able to play. It's like it such did a add player. another free map, by the way. Yeah, um, so I was in Forspoken Land, so that's why I was like I I wanted to wait. And I think now going into next week, Dead Space and Hitman are gonna be like my big ones 
before we record because now I have some time before the next big game. So, uh, Paul, we're gonna, we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna go to the news. Let's do it. And we're back from the little break. So, Paul, press X for some news. We got a few. We managed to like whittle it down to one, two, three, four, five, six stories. There were many more, but I were like, let's cut into like the big ones and let's start with like a big positive one for both of us for a game we love very, very, very much. The best game of 2022, uh, or second game <laughs> in, in, in certain in, in certain aspects. Uh, story yeah. number one by Tom Ivan at BGC. Sony says God of War Ragnarok has sold 11 million copies in three months. It was the fastest-selling first-party game in PlayStation history when it released in November. So, developer Santa Monica Studio announced the game's latest sales figure on Wednesday. We're incredibly humbled that God of War Ragnarok has officially sold through 11 million copies, it said. None of this would be possible without the support of our fans, so thank you for coming on this journey with us. God of War Ragnarok made a record-breaking start following its release for PS4 and PS5 on November 9, 2022. Sony claimed 5.1 million copies of the game were sold in its debut week making it the fastest-selling first-party title in PlayStation history. Ahead of the game's release, Sony said 2018's God of War Reboot was one of the biggest titles ever, released exclusively for PlayStation in general, with 23 million sales, and that it expected a similar performance from its sequel, Ragnarok. So, Paul, 11 million copies, and like, yeah, it came out in November, we're like already starting like in, in February, that is an insane performance. Just to kind of give you a little bit of context on saying this, uh, figures are the last of us part two sold 10 million copies after two years this was oh. in three months obviously last of us part two a more heavier subject matter yeah. saddled by controversies with the leaks and all that 10 million is nothing to sneeze at that's a lot of copies everyone would love to sell that that many but 11 million in three months that just goes to show that god of war like as a franchise how important it is for sony like as, as as one of those like franchises that are not only are critically acclaimed, but make so much money, sell so many things. There's a reason they made the God of War bundle, and those bundles don't even count, like for like how many so sales have happened. Can you imagine? I I know I don't have a whole lot to say out of it, out of the fact that it's like I'm glad it's getting the recognition it deserves. Uh, because it's a fantastic game i'm so glad so many people get to see that experience mm -hmm. um that get to really play that even people that don't normally play big narrative games outside of like their usual like 2k and call of duties got this game because they wanted to see how it played out and i just i hope that the message came across for even just a fraction of the people that played that stuff because mm -hmm. i feel like the world would genuinely be a better place if there was more just genuine earnest positive media not to say that you can't have hardship and as you see god of war ragnarok has a lot of hardship in it yeah. a lot of rough stuff in it but the the message behind it being positive and all of the many things that you can take from that in each way um so many people learning how to be a better father out of it mm -hmm. like just from talking to them or hearing them talk about it so many people of them recognizing where they were with atreus as a kid and coming mm -hmm. to terms with the way they were and seeing that as an outside perspective so much of that stuff um and i'm just so glad does the 
I'm about to say dozens, like I didn't just hear 10 million sold. Uh (laughs) Millions of people got to experience this. I hope just even a fraction of that finished the game and just really got to feel that. Yeah, I bet they they have because like usually uh, completion, story completions for Sony games are relatively very strong usually. True. So I'm just glad that this just like solidifies God of War. Like to me, just thinking where God of War was just two entries ago with Ascension and seeing this like already 2018 huge success this even bigger success it may have not nabbed game of the year awards like 2018 because it didn't completely reshape everything but it just shows that it's just a game that was just as equally beloved more so in some aspects 2018 is beloved and other aspects better but i feel they're just such such great compliments and just solidify santa monica with like the I'm gonna say this kind of like they have the eminence of like whenever their next game hits you know it's gonna be like a big deal it's like sony used to have only naughty dog as i wanted uh, after a while like being like the only ones that whenever their games would hit they would be like a big deal it feels like recently like a studio like insomniac and now um sony santa monica now have that kind of weight so imagine having three studios with that kind of weight and right now obviously naughty dog like having the success of the show in the last of us showing that it was like that came from them so big hits and now we also have the amazon show coming i feel i feeling a little better about the whole tv aspect now knowing that if the last of us was done well maybe there's hope if, if, if they're putting it in with the with the right people but uh congratulations to santa monica i can't wait for the new game plus happening in the spring can't wait to go back to that game because god i was left wanting to play more of it so Story number two, Paul. This was an interesting one that happened this week. So, story uh, our second story by Wesley Blank from Game Informer. PlayStation potentially teases unannounced game that might be new Uncharted in latest ad. Sony has released a new PlayStation ad called Live from PS5 that showcases a few of the console's biggest titles, both past and upcoming, in a fictional news segment. And among the clips are two shots that we don't recognize, and they remind us a lot of Uncharted. This fictional news segment highlights the efforts of Spider-Man, Kratos, Ratchet and Clank, the icons of the upcoming game Final Fantasy 16, and more from other games like Gran Turismo 7 and Returnal. However, amidst the clips, there are two shots that show that uh, what appears to be a young woman in a mysterious cape holding a torch as she approaches an ancient relic, as first reported by Video Games Chronicle. Uh, in the first clip, this unknown character approaches an ancient relic sitting on a pedestal while holding a torch. She's carrying a large backpack with a rope dangling from it, uh, down from it. We see this character blowing dust and dirt off the ancient relic in the second blink and you'll miss a shot. Now, an, unannou- an, an, an announced PS5 game didn't jump to mind when I saw this, that's what I said, but these two shots combined remind the most of Naughty Dog's Uncharted series. So, just looking at it right now, and I'm like... Hmm. The two images are there. It's... Blonde female. Cassie is blonde. Uncharted 4 ending epilogue spoilers. I I don't even get blonde from this, honestly. I do. From it's first... so blink and you'll miss it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking of the screenshot you had. It is just so colored by the image that it's just a black silhouette with like hair that the light is yeah my, my image looks way and frankly because <laughs> the one i'm seeing is just it's practically silhouette with the torch light and i see no blonde out of it because i thought it was a it, i thought it was ellie um 
for a second and that's because of the giant uh backpack on it and granted after that i like i don't think that's ellie anymore but it it just it looked like a wiry woman for a second but then with like the weird blowing the thing off the treasure item that's like not last of us style at all Mm -hmm. so it makes me think that it's something else entirely so part of me just doesn't want to get too excited about this too early Mm -hmm. um especially if somebody's like no it's another ip that we just haven't gotten to yet but yeah ah nice that's the thing they have no other ip that has like adventurers like looking for treasure that's That's, i mean (laughs) i know it's most realistically it could be something else but i don't want to get excited yet so technically it's not an announcement however we have heard many things that, that even though naughty dog explicitly said we are done with uncharted and we right. may be done with last of us if we can't find a story a third a story for the third game that ultimately is about love because the second game for as nihilistic as it was if you really think about like what it tries to impart near the end it is about love it doesn't in a very like gut-wrenching of a gut punch but it was about love but they already said that if they can't find that story, they'll also move on. They already moved on with Uncharted. They closed Uncharted perfectly. Yeah. Sony is definitely not done with Uncharted. Uncharted movie was successful for a movie. Uh, and it wasn't even as good as what The Last of Us TV show is. But it was, fun, it was a fun movie that made money. So we know the IP, uh, the IP manager they, bought, they, they brought in uh, back in April saying that they're that they're making sure that they're, they're able to set up themes that can create new games. But also maintain like the legacy of Uncharted. We heard that Sony definitely wants to like do an Uncharted, not with Naughty Dog, with like a different team. This is maybe now the team. And we have been hearing many rumors that Sony Band, the guys that were making Days Gone, were working on an Uncharted game for a little bit before they were like, remove us from this. We don't want to be working on someone else's IP. We want to do something of our own. And now they're doing their own IP. Definitely, uh, Sony has been wanting to keep Uncharted alive because Uncharted 4 was a huge seller. So like, they are in the business to making money now, so it's not just about they're just gonna walk away from making a bring bring a franchise back. And I feel like at least with Uncharted, the distance has been enough. It's been six years since the very last one, so so we'll see. It's like it's interesting that they put so many things in that ad that are current games that we know exist, upcoming and before, and this was the only one that wasn't. But it brings to like light their previous big franchise which was uncharted so yeah where there is smoke there is fire there is literal smoke there so <laughs> there is so, literal smoke in fact so yeah i can't wait because like i feel like uncharted deserved like we're being underserved right now with the at with, with the high pulp adventure like mm-hmm. even tomb raider has been like dormant since like 2018 obviously Lord. tomb raider is like coming back um yeah which i don't even know if that's listed in our news segment no it doesn't but, that uh, that yeah uh, yeah, we, we can mention it here real quick that Embracer managed to sort of sold the leasing rights to Tomb Raider for $600 million. To when you, Amazon. To Amazon. So basically, Amazon can do everything they want with that license. Yep. And they're going to reap the profits. Oh, like, of course. And like Square Enix is are idiots. Absolute idiots. How they sold uh, Crystal Dynamics like they did with the Tomb Raider IP for pennies, basically. And... Embracer just like profited like let's put it like this they, they sold three studios for like 300 million so you could be like yeah 100 million for each maybe this guy's like when gave the IP for 600 million to Amazon that's some record profit Embracer was shrewd at Square Enix were idiots so we'll see what they do with Tomb Raider there but we're underserved and I feel Uncharted deserves a chance right now that Sony is so synergetic about how they release things oh we're making a TV show something we need a game so Enough of that, Paul. Let's head into some slightly sad news. Story number three. 
Star Wars Jedi Survivor delayed to April. Story by Marcus Stewart from Game Informer. Respawn Entertainment has delayed Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but thankfully the wait won't be terribly long. Instead of arriving on March 17, the game will now launch a little over a month later on April 28. In a message posted to Twitter, Respawn states the game is content complete and is solely focusing on fixing bugs, ensuring stability, and polishing the experience as much as possible. The team is so committed that it's taking another six weeks to make sure Survivor plays as smoothly as butter. And you can check the image that they posted there. It's also in the, uh, it's also in the in, in in the news blurb, basically mentioning that. I feel like to me what makes this significant is that it's EA that led them to this. This uh, these are the guys that no matter what, if they say a game is coming out at a fiscal quarter, sometimes they put the, that game out to hell or high water, regardless of the quality of that game. The victims for that were Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem. Games that definitely needed more polish, but they already put it in the books that that game was going to be out by that by that time that those games got screwed. They released when they came out. EA last year told us, before the end of the fiscal year, we're going to have a remake and a sequel to a popular game from us. Obviously, the remake was Dead Space. That's already out. I'm so glad that it released when it said it was going to be. It didn't, it, get, it didn't get delayed, or at least publicly delayed. When they put the date that it was going to come out on January 27th, it hit January 27th. That's so nice in this in this day and age. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Paul. We love it. Back That'd in 2019, how did that game launch? Not great. Yeah, that game was like as good as it was because it reviewed really well. Mm. The worst things people could tell about that game was that it was unpolished. It was buggy. It had like enemies with T-Pose sometimes. You could... Uh, Popping everywhere, frame rate problems, uh, resolution the problems, the yeah. issues, the lighting, mm -hmm. the way yes. the hair looked and freaked out all the time. Especially they, with those Wookiees. The Wookiees look yeah. hideous. It looked they, hideous back then, and I think still do. They still do, yeah. To be fair, they look more like Swamp Thing than an actual Wookiee. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, to absolutely give it its licks first, um, it, it did not look great. And sometimes it didn't play great either, mm -hmm. uh, but they since dialed a lot of that in and there was such a heart to it. And I appreciate that EA gave them the pay what had the patience to give them the time to update this thing and bring it to where it is, even releasing the next gen patch. I think here's what's more importantly, when uh, Jedi Fallen Order was releasing, he was at a time where EA didn't care about single player games. Yeah. They care more about multiplayer. Yeah. They they were putting so many resources into trying to fix Battlefront at that time. And that was the year that the Celebration Edition came up, which was the fixed version of Battlefront 2. That's actually really great. Uh, I played it recently. Even though they're no longer supporting it, it still plays well on current machines. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order was a game that was like, yeah, I said, yeah, this is the single player stuff. Like, you do your own thing, Respawn. Mm. And this is the game that has sold more than Battlefront. And I kid you not. If you look at the sales charts, like the top 20 games, this game, this damn game has been in the top 20 down there, but it's been selling that consistently. Like, this is the reason why EA has like reshifted into focusing more on single player because Jedi Fallen Order made them so much money. Even, even after the sales and all of that, and even giving the game for free recently on PS Plus and also on Game Pass if you're there. Uh, I feel like now Jedi Survivor is giving the is is being given the time they need that Jedi All Fallen Order couldn't. They needed that game out before Rise of Skywalker because they needed to have a Star Wars game before the movie. 
And usually they need to release that a month before the movie. So I'm glad EA at least is like, they're showing good signs. Even when sometimes we get some news that you're like, gosh, we were, we were praising you for a little bit and now we hear this. So story number four, Paul. Uh, this is a story by Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. Electronic Arts cancel secret Apex Legends game in development. Uh, this was posted actually today, right before we start recording. Actually, that was like fortuitous timing. The it's, last time, it's so rare that that actually happens. Frankly, yes. the other the, the other time that we got a fortuitous Jason Schreier timing was Assassin's Creed Mirage. He reported about it right in the middle of where we were recording. When we when we learned that they're they're doing a smaller Assassin's Creed game in the old style or something like that, that happened in the middle of recording. I got the notification. I was like, oh, we're at, we're reading this. This dropped literally i kid you not right before so electronic arts incorporated canceled a game based on the popular apex legends and titanfall franchises according to three people familiar with the matter the game which hadn't been publicly announced was in production at ea developer respawn entertainment on tuesday ea one of the world's biggest video game publishers gave a disappointing outlook for revenue in the current quarter the company said it was canceling the apex legends mobile game as well as a mobile version of battlefield and shuttered industrial toys the studio behind it EA also de uh, delayed the highly anticipated Star Wars Jedi Survivor, another, another title, in development and respawn. Management informed the unnamed games team of about 50 people that EA will try to find positions for them within the company. Anyone who can't be placed will be given severance packages and laid off, according to the people familiar with the matter, who asked to speak anonymously be because they were not authorized to speak to the press. An EA spokesperson declined to comment. The cancelled project, codenamed TFO or Titanfall Legends, was a single-player game set in the universes shared by the Apex Legends and Titanfall, Titanfall games. It was directed by veteran designer Mohamed Alabi until he left the company in early 2022. Although the game hadn't been advertised, EA had hinted at it several times. Just a little parenthesis, Mohamed Alabi is the designer of No Russian from Modern Warfare 2 Original, 2009. Oh, and, we had, and we had heard that this guy had left last year, I remember. I was like, oh, he left, I wonder what he was working on, apparently it was this. Fans have been clamoring for a new single-player entry in the critically acclaimed Titanfall series for several years. The most recent entry, Titanfall 2, came out in 2016 to rave reviews. A planned third game morphed into Apex, Le Apex Legends, a battle royale multiplayer title set in the same universe that has become one of EA's most successful games, earning more than $2 billion. Respawn, one of EA's most prolific video game developers, continues to update Apex Legends and is also working on multiple Star Wars games in addition to Jedi Survivor. Remember, they're still doing the Star Wars shooter. Yeah, I um, honestly, I'm less like, obviously, because it wasn't announced or anything, mm -hmm. I'm less like connected to it. I, it's unfortunately we, you and I had just been talking about it saying, mm -hmm. man, I'm really glad that they finally got something out of Apex Legends. And I feel like they should really like hold tight to any amount of single player content they could create in that mm -hmm. universe, because this might give them that final like jumping off point into more stories, mm -hmm. because clearly the market is there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this happens and it's canceling. Mm -hmm the uh the plans that we had just perceived yeah. might have existed yeah it's sad hearing a single player game being canceled at ea considering how big they are currently now and to pushing single player more than the other two 
It makes me think something must have not been there, though, especially after this guy, um, Alavi, departed in early 2022. They probably tried to push it forward, but like maybe the vision wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It probably started taking on more water and got bloated in the process. And there's only 50 people. So Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of it all, I mean, that's decent size, but that's not like EA level Mm -hmm. at all. Um, So maybe it was like branch out try and see what happens so maybe it just wasn't ready to see the light of day in the first place yeah i'm glad we still get star wars at least response still response still gets they still develop it here's what's funny apex legends is still so big but no really? one talks about it like literally it's no just one talks kind about of it. um i the- i briefly get like glimpses back into it because a few friends that i have play it and it's one of those like yeah okay new content drop got some new voice lines for this thing got some new cool things to do here got some new game type uh game modes or whatever got new maps and it's just like i think those people are so content to just keep playing it because it's such a plug and play simple 16 minute adventure Mm -hmm. in and out whether or not you survive you're like well that was fun time to go to work and then they just keep playing the game and spending more money yeah warson releasing is what basically like stunted this game in a way like in the yeah. public consciousness because that was call of du- that was for sure yeah i'll, I'll let you finish on that one. yeah because call of duty is call of duty so but i'm glad that it's still like it's still percolating there it's a money maker for ea i'm glad like when you have a company that has its money makers they can take risks outside because they know there's something bringing in the revenue and while EA Sports right now, it's the worst it's ever been. I'm glad the other side of the company for them is still like doing stuff. Like Need for Speed Unbound uh, from last December, shockingly good. Like from what I played from the trial, I'm waiting for that to go on uh, on Game Pass Ultimate because you, usually it goes there, all those EA games. Yeah. Uh, but what I played was like, I was like, man, I'm getting the feels of when I used to play Underground on PS2. That's cool. Uh, Dead Space Remake, we already gushed about it. Uh, Wild Hearts. They're polishing that. That's still so weird. That that's still such a. I even feel, especially considering your uh, your experience with Monster Hunter Rise, that we didn't even mention in the show, that you had quite a fr- some frustration. Yep. I can't imagine so many people feeling that same way about Monster Hunter. And if this one, Wild Hearts, that comes out in like two weeks, yeah, manages to come in with a decent onboarding process, Monster Hunter got his competitor, and that's polished by EA. You know they're not making, but they're like they're putting money into like, hey, yeah, we're gonna pu- put our stamp on this weird game. Jedi Survivor's coming. Uh, I it- think Wild Hearts is gonna live and die on their marketing for it because mm-hmm. after that one showing, I haven't seen anything else about it. So once it's close, mm-hmm. we need to hear a lot about it. To it has get to start to- now. We have 16 days for that yeah. game to come out. So I, I think that's when it really needs to pick up. And right now, it's being dominated by Hogwarts Legacy mm-hmm. because I only see constant commercials for it. <clears throat> they're in football they're everywhere in fact like even sony's promoting it like in the uk it's like all over the buses and oh I they're mean, promoting was... yeah they're promoting it like spider-man that's a that's slam what... dunk in the uk for sure but oh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's so easy it's gonna be nostalgia bait in some way and for the rest of them it's like yeah so you know that one really cool concept that you bounced around in like 2001 of making your own wizard and going to Hogwarts. Well, now after 20 freaking years, you could do that. Mm-hmm. That's like all you have to say and everybody's going to go buy it. Absolutely. Um, so, and also so. on top of it, let's just say it, all this like activists, I just oh. call it, yeah. like shaming people into buying this game. Of course, uh, like, like, you, like that's what I don't understand. Like all these people are like, 
if you buy this, you are X Y C. Like, it's don't it's tell a... people that because they're gonna buy it out of spite. That's the yeah. That's definitely so, one of the best responses out of that because so that's the why I'm like is fueled on spite. Yeah. Um. I granted, it's like if you don't say anything about it, then I like how complicit are you are the whole concept but that's the thing all. i tell you this game is selling more it, like here's what's so funny Hogwarts legacy was the best-selling game on the on amazon back in january yeah the number one seller just in pre-orders what does that tell you and it got bigger when all the hand-wringing over all these activists i mean be, be like uh there's gonna be a moral test happening very soon with with Hogwarts legacy and a lot of people are gonna fail that test or something like that doing that is like you're just ensuring that you're gonna make the things that you're going against successful. The best way to hurt something is not talk about it. Just ignore it. So if you if if you hate the author so much that you're wanting to boycott, yeah, do it. Just don't say it. Like because you mentioned it, you're gonna fuel someone else to make it more successful. And I personally, I'm just excited for it. So. Yeah, whatever. Screw you, moral like purists that are tweeting that with your with, with your iPhones made by child labor. So your dog heavily <laughs> disagrees. Yeah, <laughs> like always. So, but yeah, it's Hogwarts Legacy is like it's gonna dominate February basically, for good or ill. I'm excited to play it. <laughs> so, story number five, Paul. They just can't catch a break, can they? So. More Halo stuff we're going to talk about. Now, uh, story number five by Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, 343 Industries reportedly switching from its own slip space engine to Unreal for some games. Halo Infinite developer 343 Industries are... Is, yeah, I already read that. They, 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 they read it twice there. So, this news comes from a Bloomberg report, also from Jason Schreier, sta stating that the switch from slip space to Unreal will begin with a new game under the codename Tatanka. According to the publication, sources who are familiar with 343's plans. According to Bloomberg, 343 is developing Tatanka with certain affinity, who has helped develop various Halo games for more than 15 years. In fact, the main guy that owns certain affinity, uh, Max Hoverman, he created matchmaking for Halo 2, setting the standard for the industry. Why? Uh, the project reportedly started off as a battle royale, but has potentially evolved in different directions. Bloomberg reports that future Halo games will also explore using the Unreal Engine, but that some within the studio are skeptical of dropping slip space entirely in favor of Epic Games Unreal, with worry that the switching code engine will negatively impact the way it feels to play a Halo game. Sources familiar with 343 and its use of slip space told Bloomberg that the engine, which is apparently built on decades-old code, is difficult to use and buggy, and sometimes a pain point for developers working on Halo games. Apparently, in multiple instances throughout 343's history, studio management has mulled over switching to Unreal but that it didn't actually happen until Pierre Hintz took over the studio late last year following the departure of 343 head Bonnie Ross and engine lead David Berger. Elsewhere in the report, the publication claims that 343 isn't working on new story content for Halo Infinite despite many fans believing said story content was coming in the game's future. Parenthesis. Because they said Infinite was going to be the next 10 years of Halo. Remember that, Paul? So. <laughs> I won't let them forget. Yeah. <laughs> Close parenthesis. Uh, in fact, Bloomberg reports that some developers were making prototypes in the Unreal Engine and pitching ideas for new Halo games. However, many of those developers were reportedly laid off earlier this month, so it's unclear if these prototypes are still being developed. 
This report follows news from earlier this month that Microsoft was laying off 10,000 people amidst its ongoing $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. 343 Industries was reportedly one of these studios hit hardest by these layoffs, which we basically heard confirmed. And shortly after they occurred, Halo Infinite creative director Joseph Staten departed from the studio to rejoin Xbox Publishing. The moment that news happened, I was like, RIP Halo, because uh, he's your lore guy. The guy that created the lore from the first one and came back to fix this game. Rumors that 343 Industries will no longer develop Halo games and instead oversee a franchise began to spread following that, but last week, Hints released a statement that said 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, which I told you was like, that's clear uh, smokescreen damage control PR 101, and I tell you that uh, the news that we had heard are the true, and then we got him confirmed. What did I tell you? It's like, it is sad. It is absolutely sad. Halo Infinite was a good foundation. That was what was exciting about it. Now it's like that foundation, those next 10 years of Halo, out the to down the toilet. Down the trash, burned. Uh, why they didn't switch engines before to this? Who knows? They were stubborn. Like, the moment that they realized a Halo game was going to take them six years to make should have been the moment they were like, we have to switch technology. Because a Halo game shouldn't take six years. And for it to have come out as piecemeal as it did. When before, Halo was the, here's your big full package. Remember those days? Here's your campaign, here's your co-op, here's your multiplayer, here's your forge, here's your theater mode. All in the same disc. And here's new maps, two months after. And another, another few, three months after. With Halo Infinite, we had to wait like an entire year for like two. It's like, Halo Infinite, a good game at its core. But the worst life, one of the worst life service games I have ever, ever seen handled. And now it's like, now we have to see them rebuild the ship again. So. It. It. It hurts because the game was good. That's I'm the worst less, part. <laughs> I'm less mad than I am just disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I um, I'm frustrated because it's like the one great thing the best thing about halo infinite was not as much like the story as much as it was clearly a setup foundation for more expansions dlc sequels whatever on this new uh halo ring whatever it was called i don't even remember what the deal was with it anymore zeta halo zeta halo yeah mm -hmm. so anyway it was like it was all set up for this big really long prologue and it's like all right well we got that out of the way let's just keep the ball rolling because that was what everybody assumed based on that great setup it was like the way jedi fallen order ended except without an actual storyline beforehand mm -hmm. where it was like all right the adventure halo, continues what yeah, do we do yeah, next? yeah halo infinite was halo 6 but not halo 6 we're yeah. just basically like here is the broom we have to clean up the halo 5 mess halo halo yeah, Halo Infinite was the weird epilogue that was tacked on at the end to kind of like explain things after your show got canceled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what happened with. Yeah, that Halo one. Infinite was uh, it was Captain Rex telling you what happened after the Clone Wars. Yeah, basically. <laughs> because Clone Wars um, was canceled originally, remember? Exactly, and <laughs> so. it's just like, all right, guys, here's what happens. We all know what we're here for. Just try to like 
close your eyes and imagine this was planned all along. We're going to do what we can and then get back to the regular scheduled programming. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, yeah, so that didn't work out. We're just going to change everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, granted, they could probably salvage this in some ways because they're right. The old, um, the old code. engine was really old and probably needed to be switched out, needed to be updated and Unreal yeah. Engine is so useful for that crap that it doesn't really matter that you have to pay them if you make past a certain level of profit. It's worth it for those tools. Not only that, it's so universal. You can hire from everywhere. Yeah, that's like, the other thing. That's the beauty of Unreal. That's why uh, CDPR is switching to Unreal Engine because they want to like, be able to hire. Sure. Yeah. Because having to bring in new people to learn how to use it this and their, their own proprietary engine Slowly especially down. when we heard that the way 343 was hiring they were hiring 18 month contractors not the not like full-time developers yeah like how in the world do you make so do, do you think you're gonna make a game just with like an 18 month contractor without the option to read 18 to months just to learn the new thing exactly so that's why like that game like they went cheap in a way that they shouldn't have gone cheap like halo yeah. is the brand for xbox and the point that they like Xbox should have put all the money possible to make this like the premier title like Nintendo does with Mario and Zelda and how Sony made with God of War. Look like those it like it, it it's it like Halo deserves to be in that pedestal. It's like that legendary. Like we mentioned earlier after we we're talking about Goldeneye. Halo is the reason we're playing shooters on console. Like how we are now. Yeah. Like it doesn't deserve its treatment. And I'm glad that the calling at the top happening with Bon when Bonnie Russ left for medical emergency. That's again, that's a very coincidental at the time where 343 is at its very worst. Now she leaves for a medical emergency. That was she got removed, but they, they they gave her like the dignity, quote unquote, of like going out on her term. But but yeah, it's like it's it's sad because like for example, you can't even see like the the thumbnail of the Halo Infinite review from Game Informer here. The best Halo game in years. That didn't hold that that didn't uh <laughs> that didn't hold up, didn't it? <laughs> but I, I'll say this. It is the best playing Halo. It is. It totally is. Yeah. Like you play Infinite. For sure. Yeah. And that, that's what, that was what makes it so sad because this isn't a live service in the Marvel's Avengers and uh, Anthem situation where those games had like a lot of bad in it. Like fundamentally, like from a game perspective, like Anthem was a broken mess. Avengers had fun combat, but everything around it around it sucked the initial campaign of halo infinite was fun the multiplayer was amazing with the initial offerings it was like this is a great starting point can't wait for them to add more and technically they'll still add more apparently while all of this is happening they're gonna keep updating halo infinite from the multiplayer side the thing is i care more about the story i hate that that's not happening anymore that's what i love halo for even though multiplayer has always been a big thing about halo but that was the beauty about halo you could love everything equally not just like Call of Duty. That was like the campaign is just like a four or five hour diversion there. But the main thing is the multiplayer. Halo had always been like you could care as equally as much as uh, for the multiplayer as you did with single player. So sad, sad. It's like it's crazy what the two years since Halo Infinite came out has been. It's just been an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment. I hope Redfall and Starfield hit for Xbox. Like I absolutely hope they do because. If I for yeah, if I for rush can come out and be good, they better start like hitting all these good games to make up for the fact that your marquee franchise isn't in the gutter. So, and I was uh, I have to say that 
Redfall does look kind of good, actually. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be interested in it in the slightest, and then I actually went back and watched that gameplay of it and went... Mm-hmm. Because they, they clarified and they said you can play the whole thing single player without losing anything, mm-hmm. or co-op, and I went... Oh, and, on, and, and not only that, it has tried and true arcane like visual storytelling. Yes. Also, it's like, it, that Redfall feels like Dishonored and Deathloop thrown in a blender. Because Deathloop didn't have the visual storytelling that Arcane is known for, but he had the powers. It, they they learned how to do shooting while there. So I hope that shooting translates over to Redfall. So Microsoft, like, they, they need their other games to hit now because it would be like if a Mario game was bad over a Nintendo, they, they would have to, like, make sure their Metroids, everything around that had to be good to make up for the fact that your big game missed. It would have been like if God of War had missed. So... That's the situation where they're at. And uh, if it takes a long... If this is now the long, long road, finally, that now, fundamentally speaking, this new engine finally completely changes foundationally what Halo can be to finally be back, maybe in the future, Halo will be great again. As of this right now... Sorry. <laughs> it just isn't. And man, and I like popping it in. And I like popping Halo. I have installed in my Xbox still. Like, I like popping Halo Infinite in. It's so fun to play. So. And now the uh, final story. To end on some positive news. New Resident Evil 4 remake details revealed. Knife combat, side quests, Ashley sections, and more. So, the latest issue of Game Info. It, it, this is a story, by, by the way, by Chris Scullion from BGC, Video Games Chronicle. The latest issue of Game Informer contains a 12-page feature shedding new light on various aspects of the game. This includes the addition of side quests, which come in the form of blue flyers, which can be found posted around each area. Examples given in the article include delivering the carcasses of three snakes, tracking and killing an infected dog, and the blue medallion quest from the original game. Players are rewarded by the merchant after completing each side quest. Another part of the article focuses on the sections in which players have to accompany Ashley. Players can press R3 to tell Ashley to either follow closely or stay further back, but she'll always follow the player this time. That's good. According to director Kasunori Kadoi, this was to stop players from dumping her in a safe corner and telling her not to move, which often happened in the original version, thank god. Uh, (laughs) Ashley will also no longer have a health bar, and will instead enter a down state when she takes too much damage. Players must revive her by holding a button, but if she's hit again while she's down, she'll die. The game will also have more two-person puzzles designed to make Ashley more useful. Examples given include lifting her up to a platform so she can kick down a ladder, or sending her through a crawl space to unlock a door on the other side. So basically, uh, they're God of War, Plague Tale. <laughs> yeah, Plague Tale as well. Oh, uh, that's, oh God, I didn't even talk about Plague Tale. Ah, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, we don't have time for that. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been pretty, I tell you. But uh, you can hear my Plague Tale thoughts over at Sebastian's podcast. I was a guest star there. Yeah, uh, this last Friday I roasted that game. <laughs> oh, so uh, outside of uh, outside of the Ashley sections, the article claims that one of Capcom's main goals was to try and remove the numerous quick time events that feature in the original game and replace them with mechanics that better suit modern gameplay. One way of doing this is by enabling players to use a combat knife to escape an enemy's grasp instead of mashing the X button. Ha! So mm. though the later is reportedly still an option. The report states that players can use a knife to marry to parry enemy melee attacks just before they hit, but this comes with the caveat that knives can now break over time. Players can carry multiple knives and improve their durability and power at the merchant. 
After defeating an enemy, players now have to have to watch the, uh, for them convulsing on the ground. If they do this, players have to perform a ground execution or the enemy will be revived and will be stronger than before. According to the article, the game will feature six different control schemes, including one based on the original 2005 layout, for players who want a more faithful recreation. It also acknowledges the game's new quick weapon select feature, in which players can pick up, to, uh, equip up to eight guns, knives, and explosives, and quickly switch between them. By the way, this is a godsend to be able to switch weapons in the uh, in, in original RE4. You have to like press triangle or whatever the button is, and where you're playing, go into the case menu that stops the game, select the weapon, press equip, and then it will put it in. Now you can like press it with the D-pad. Such a good idea to use for the D-pad. Mm -hmm, yeah. The original game's laser sight has been replaced with a radical more in line with modern shooters, but players can reportedly find an, atta an attachable laser sight later in the game. Nice. P players will be able to collect and mix gunpowders, as in the remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3, so they can make more ammo for their favorite weapon instead of having to use weapons they don't like because they're the only ones with ammo left. Mm. There's also a new crossbow weapon, which fires quietly, allowing for stealth and fire arrows, which can be collected and used again. Lots of changes. That they're doing for that that is a lot of stuff. Because um, I actually didn't really follow through on like reading up on any of this because part of me kind of wants to go into this mostly blind. Mm -hmm. um, but this is also like, I was kind of take it or leave it after Dead Space came out and just blew it out of the water. I was like, oh gosh, I hope that Resident Evil kind of sticks the landing on this now. And that's the thing, um, I, they, they were going to because the Re Resident Evil 2 remake was amazing. It's the same team. Oh, it because was. RE3 Remake was made by a different team, not this one. So, I think part of me was just like, okay, well, I've got my survival horror fix for right now. So then after Dead Space came out, and then I went, oh, shoot, I have to do this again uh, pretty soon now. And my, my poor constitution doesn't usually survive for that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, cool. It's, it's more than what I was really expecting almost like because i wasn't really expecting much my bar of expectations very low mm -hmm. so anything resident evil does over it is going to be like all right all right yeah. <laughs> i'm just shocked that your bar for expectation was so low the remakes have been so good for them well not like bar expectation of like anything they do will impress me not to say like i expect them to be sucky mm. it's just like anything they do is like all right that's going to be great because i remember sort of resident evil 4 mm -hmm. having only played through it like twice a long time ago it's a so yearly it's, like it's been a yearly be it's been a yearly playthrough for me with this game it's like that that's what one of my always go back to yeah and i mean it makes sense i think if i had more access to it i probably would have played it a little more uh, a little more but now like i don't know in my age i turned into this person that almost needs quality of life mm -hmm. constantly and it, it, it sucks it, it, frankly it, it but... takes a, it, it takes a special mindset to be able to put yourself into this is how a game used to play this is how a game used to be back then mm -hmm. and when you put yourself in the mindset those games can still hold up i would say resident evil 4 like for what it was trying to do with its limitations holds up so well still right now more than other old games however yeah. now that this exists it's like we'll see like i'd i'd be shy here's here, here's where i am yeah dead space remake it's an absolutely better game than the original like in any way absolutely resident evil 4 is like one of the greatest games of all time like it's always in that list True. will remake be able to hit that level that's what that, I'm wondering. It sounds like they are 
adding a lot of stuff that's going to help that process because mm -hmm. there's some areas that Resident Evil 4 for me kind of dragged. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that there is a f going to be kind of a kicking up in those here's areas. The irony. Here's, the, here's the irony. 4 and Village drag in the same way. Yeah. That's not the irony. The, the, the game's like deflate around the same time. It's so funny. It is interesting. And I hope yeah. that they kind of learn that lesson from both of those mm -hmm. and kind of add a little bit of those extra oomph in those spots to help things out. But I mean, just the quality of life is really going to help us out, I think. Yeah. And now, like, what else is there in March? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Jedi Survivor just bounced right on out of that. Literally, Jedi Survivor was like four days before before this. So now this has all the time. Jedi Survivor is now, now like being moved to the Redfall Tears of the Kingdom window. So. Let me see. I'm going to look at this right now because we're about to go into what our releases are anyway. Let me mm -hmm. just take a quick look yeah. and see what else is going on. Um, well, we're going to have Wulong. Yeah, that's uh, in March. Mm -hmm. In March. So at least we got that. And that's on Game Pass. So. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. We got Supercross anyway. Um, yeah, Monster Energy Supercross. Yeah. Uh, Anno eighteen hundred. I actually do want to try that, but mm -hmm. anyway, uh, Dark Pictures. No, that's but that's the VR, the VR one that got delayed out of the launch because yeah. that was gonna be a launch game. Yeah, um, it's looking. The RPG people are gonna eat good with the Atelier Riza, yeah. um, MLB the Show twenty three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, no, as yeah, I'm as that's... I'm looking on March, I'm like, ooh, it's like, it's looking mighty quiet. All of a sudden, yeah, it, yeah. it got for quiet us, for us, that. yeah. Yeah, there's this people that are going to be eating really good for a lot of that. So that's honestly, that's kind of nice, especially because we're going to be on the back end of the new Destiny 2 mm -hmm. uh, Lightfall. And which, I'm, which I'm reviewing. Everything else that's going to be going on in the rest of February. I mean, between all. Yeah, so we already talked no, about that. No, but then that, like, so. we'll definitely like read the point we're there. But just looking yeah. at like what I'm looking forward to in April, like I'll definitely going to try Minecraft Legends. Just like out of curiosity, because it's going to be on Game Pass, they gave a date there. Yeah. Uh, Horizon Forbidden was the Burning Shores DLC. That's also around that time. I am a big Horizon fan, so I definitely want to spend more time in that world, especially in a PS5 only expansion. So, right. no PS4 holding it back. Uh, Jedi Survivor on April. Oh, God. Dead, Dead Island 2 and Jedi Survivor are in the same day now. Yeah. And bye <laughs> uh, bye, Dead Island. Yeah. Sorry, that Dead was, Island. That's that's. They a tried. Yeah. But uh, Dead Island 2 is a sale for the summer for me. Unless, like, we hear Game of the Year contender. That's, like, the only way that I will care. And I don't think that's going to happen, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and then uh, then trying to... Because May and June, to me, is, like, the real Battle Royale. of Like, the actual... Yep. The big hits. The big, big, big hits. So, You know, March will also give us more time to finish Atomic Hearts, which comes out at the end of February. The thing is, I have to finish it. Because I committed to review it. For Atomic Hearts? Yeah. Oh, so you're going to have to play that in uh, nah. definitely... Yep. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yes, you're going to uh, have to really work into that. Because I'm doing that and Destiny back-to-back. -back. Mm. So I have to try to get Atomic... Mm. If I would hope Atomic <laughs> Heart is not that long. That's my hope because it's a shooter. You're going to have to hope and yeah. mainline the crap out of it and then flub all the details about anything else and just say, yep, could only mainline it. Yeah. And uh, I... That's the thing. I thought I was going to do that with Forspoken, and I still like my lizard brain of, hey, look at that check 
uh, that, that Forspoken is mark. good though because it's very bite-sized side content. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not like a big commitment. Yes, but it's like trying to 100% that thing is going to be like a nightmare because there's oh, too yeah. much bite-sized stuff that it was going to be boring. It so, does help that the uh, platforming is so good though that it's probably fun. It, it goes back to that Spider-Man thing where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, look at all these chests. Not, oh my goodness, I got to go get the chests. It's, oh, frick, yeah, I get to run up a wall and stuff. Mm -hmm. That that helps. It's like it, yeah. a... Your, your traversal mechanics in an open world can make so much like here's the thing like spider-man is so damn good the thing is that their open world design is old school ubisoft but no one cares because yeah. it's so much fun to move around it is if it wasn't that fun to move around then it's design limitations of like oh yeah this is like designing the old school style of way would have been put against that game more so i feel for spoken it's kind of like also in that yeah this is very like old school open world like uh, but the movement holds up its end of the bargain so but yeah so paul read the releases the few ones for this coming week <laughs> we got a uh a whopping two yeah that is going to be endling extinction is forever for ios and android on february 7th and then hogwarts legacy for playstation 5 xbox series x and s and pc on february 10th yeah the Current the last gen and switch Is versions coming month. in, in, in April. like April, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, two months. So, yeah, so next gen only. And the PS5 version of Howard's Legacy has a uh, exclusive content, and they're like doing the marketing push for it. So, I just want to mention this last thing I just looked at February 22nd on the release windows, it's and just <laughs> the amount of games coming out on for some reason, yeah. Oh, oh, it's all VR. Yeah, okay, it's, it's that's because why. It's, that's why it's like oh, 29 games. You're going to read I them all. By Paul. pure coincidence, <laughs> we were going to have all of those games on one day. And now that makes more sense. But yeah, I'm just going to say, hey, all these are going to be for VR, too. And then uh, just go through all of it. Yeah, it's like it's a lot. Of them. <laughs> At least it's all on the same day and they're all the same system. So all right. Uh, like a Dragon Nation is going to be the week, the same that same week. But yeah, we'll, we'll, there's we'll get to uh, it. That's that's for the future, Paul and Alejandro to deal with. Yes. So, and that concludes this week's episode of the Xbox, Paul. So, oh, and Arch, we're we're back in the swing of things. Things are getting chunkier again. That <laughs> so, they are. But I tell you, now that we're like this, is, we're recording on February first. That was one of the best Januarys we've had game wise, in since like 2019. For releases, oh my goodness. Yeah, because 2019 was the last year that I remember that had that gave us both Resident Evil 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. But that was like at the very end, and this and, and and this january uh yes yeah, almost close to the end also but it's like we haven't had this much to eat on a january and, and having a game that you're like this can be in the top 10 now so yeah two games two games the top yeah. 10. technically three right now for me but yeah, <laughs> true i mean yeah. it's it's a low bar isn't yeah. it right now <laughs> that that one will get bumped yeah <laughs> right, it's um, wouldn't be surprised. So anyway, yeah. Where can they find you, Alejandro? They can find me at a underscore Dorsegobi on Twitter, at a Segobi on Hive, at Alejandro Segobi ninety three on Instagram. Uh, my written content whenever I write for my blog at thecriticalcorner.com and whenever I do reviews for Season Gaming at seasongaming.com. For spoken reviews should be live by the time this is live or the next day. So, and then I wait until for twenty days. I get to just enjoy games. 
you know. <laughs> and uh, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter. I recently tried to retweet all of my art, so it's at the top again. Yeah, I was like, um, why? I was like, man, I'm getting a lot of Paul spam right now. Because I tried to. I realized that's what artists do. Apparently, they yeah. like take the reblog or retweet off, and then they retweet it again, so it goes to the top of their chain mm -hmm. because people follow them for all their art, and not all the other stuff they post. So I was like, hmm, maybe I should do that. Makes sense. Anyway, yeah, so that's that's what I do, and then I break video games for the fun of it. Yeah, uh, because anyway, his, his console's broken. So, Paul, always a pleasure. Here comes like the countdown starts for you. For the move, it is officially. We are at about twenty-eight days, twenty-five from when the rental truck gets here. Yeah, and then in two weeks, whenever we record, we're gonna have our friend Sebastian back to talk Hogwarts Legacy stuff. So. Oh yeah. All right, Paul, it's always fun. And everyone else that listened to us, uh, we always want to thank you for your support and the continued growth that I'm seeing, like both in audio and in a few of their videos. It was, I tell you, we, <laughs> when I saw the numbers for the most anticipated episode, I was like, oh, okay. I'm liking this. Surprised <laughs> so, to be sure, but a welcome a one. A welcome one, yes. So, yeah, can't wait. And especially can't wait for the change of date because we'll have even more, to, like, I always tell you, Thursday is always the sweet spot. That's always the sweet spot for record. That's where many podcasts record. So, I'm hoping that we can make it work. Yeah. So, all right. And everyone, uh, stay safe. Uh, enjoy the new... Right now, there's winter blasting through. Hopefully, you stay warm right now because I've hear, been hearing it snows hitting in places that usually don't get snow around these, around these times. And stay safe. And remember... Press X. To play. Good night, everybody. Adios.